No, it's not. Yes, it is. It's not a. It's not a fault thing. It's not about pointing the finger at anybody. This is a great jam. Funches and I both have tickets to the Greek <laughs> to go see them on November seventeenth. Uh, yeah, they're they're better hurry. The tickets are going fast. Tickets are going fast. This actually is not a bad Sold song. Out. Let's. By the way, if he didn't even say this was Serbian music, this is a good song. No, it's you know it's, it's a good song. It's not. I for half a minute I thought he put the wrong music in. Yeah, this I was like, right. oh no, no, this is right. this is something that Funches played. Could I could I admit something that I admitted about a week ago? Hit me. The voice is a really good show. I got I got I got roped in again yesterday, <laughs> okay. and I had. This time I had no problem coming out. Like this time I was like, how many, you know how it says when you're streaming this stuff, it says one of six. You got one of six ads coming. Oh, yeah, yeah, It says in the upper left-hand corner. It didn't matter if they said one of 14 ads. I'm like, no, I'm in. (laughs) I'm in. Have you picked your team? Are you team Kelly? Are you team John Legend, Blake Shelton, Ariana Grande? Legend is a freaking salesman on that show. Yeah. Legend is, when I say salesman, he's getting everybody. I'm like, how many, how many? artists do you get how many well, musicians can, do you get he can go and do so many different types of music like blake shelton unless you're a country artist i don't really want to hook up with blake shelton right? yeah but you're picking up you're picking the personalities like the personalities you like blake's freaking hilarious he's fantastic <laughs> kelly clarkson's awesome keep going ariana's getting 25 million dollars for doing the show do you know that's that? good payday <laughs> That's good for her. I think twenty five. I yeah, think that's I, I did, would look more power to her. Here's here's something you're never gonna hear me say about somebody. Oh, they shouldn't pay that person that much. If somebody's willing to pay you, take their money. Right? If somebody's gonna pay you twenty five million dollars, you said that to, to do the bunches in the hallway and you were looking at me. Money. Take their money. Twenty is that right? Are you sure? I think so. Yeah, that's I think twenty absolutely plus fantastic. twenty plus milk. All right, confession time, since you're yeah. talking about Kyrie's the Kyrie's getting like 35. Yeah, well, maybe he's overpaid. Maybe he's one that should give some of the money back. But it's another topic for another day. Um, last night, mm-hmm. for the first time, there's some extenuating circumstances because Monday Night Football, yep. it wasn't on at the same time as a Rams game where mm-hmm. I have to pay attention to the Rams. I got a, my first look, full look this season of the – LA Los Chargers. Angeles Chargers and, I, and, I and, and the Las Vegas Raiders and, yeah. and I'd seen the Raiders on Monday night before okay so I'd seen them at least once in a full game was that the prior, first game the yeah, Baltimore when they game? played Baltimore a yeah. couple of things a Chargers are good mm-hmm. B Justin Herbert's really good mm-hmm. and three their coach Brandon Staley is put together a brand of football a style of football that is super fun to watch they go for it on fourth down they run trick plays. They had a flea flicker. Flea flicker is something you don't even see in high school football. In the NFL, it was awesome. You had a weird long field goal attempt that turned into a pooch punt. There's just there's stuff happening in the game that's really fun to watch. You've got Joey Bosa calling out Derek Carr for taking a dive. We knew once we hit him a few times, he really gets shook. And, and you saw on, on CeCe's sack, he was pretty much curling into a ball before curling we even got back there. Ball. So. Um, great dude great player he's been having a great year but we know once you get pressure on him he kind of shuts down and he's not as effective how about how matter of fact he said that yeah no he's a great player he's having a great year but we know like no no we all know he's he's one of those guys we're all in the same room right He's one of those guys yeah you know if he gets hit he's gonna stay down and curl up in a ball you don't get too many quotes like that after a game and i love that the chargers kind of own the fact that they don't really own their own building that Justin Herbert after the game was asked by Lisa Salters, hey, what was it like playing a home game in Los Angeles when the Las Vegas Raiders came in and they had more fans than you did? It's just the way we want it. You know, it's it's, it's always an opportunity to go out here and uh, we're just playing football with these guys. It's 11 guys out on the field and 
that's all that matters. We executed well. We had a great plan all week. We had a great week of practice. Uh, it's all about execution. I don't believe that for a second, but that's the only thing he can say. And I love that they're kind of leaning into it. Like, we're not going to have the argument. Oh, no, no, our fans were there. No, no they weren't. You have fans, and they made noise when it's they true. were there. Yep. But this was no – oh, it wasn't as bad as it looked. Look, I saw the pictures on TV. It was mostly Raider fans. Okay, it doesn't mean that there were no Charger fans. They are. They're loyal. They're vocal. But you know what? The Charger thing is more intriguing to me this morning than it's been at any point since they came back here because they, they lean into it. They're not fighting that fight about, oh, no, 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 we got fans. Yeah, I know. I know. But you don't, you don't have fans like the Raiders. You don't have fans like the Rams. But you got a good football team. You got a great quarterback. You got an interesting coach. You're starting to sell me on this a little bit. Can I tell you something? It's actually such a great point when you say they're leaning into it. They've accepted it. You know, sometimes you could deny something as much as you want, but the moment you just accept it, man, how liberating can that be? And I think for the Chargers, there's something to that to say, no, sure. no, hey, listen, we know. We, you go look around that crowd; it's X amount of um, X amount of uh, Raider fans that are out there. If you take the percentage of how many fans, football fans, out here in Los Angeles are Charger fans, what do you think it's going to be? It's going to be a very small percentage. I'm sure. somebody that is born and raised in San Diego, and I told you this story, and I'll, I'll tell it on the air real quick. This is a couple of weeks ago. I'm having <laughs> dinner. It's a nice restaurant. It's you know a, a quiet place. You don't really hear too many other people. Everybody's just kind of keeping themselves. I heard behind me, and I'm not kidding when I say this, a couple words said and then Spanos at the end of <laughs> yeah. it. Did it start with the letter after E? It could have. <laughs> it could have. And, and this, this is a – I'm not having a conversation with anybody. This is a – this is a fan base that did not follow the Chargers to L.A. because they felt so incredibly betrayed. You, you have a, it, No, it's funny because I, this, this is the part that I think the Chargers have to lean into because you were born and raised in San Diego, grew up a Charger fan, and it, Chargers had a really loyal fan base in San Diego, a good fan base. And that they left them there, Charger fans, San Diegans feel a certain way. When they showed up here in L.A., it wasn't like, oh, get out of here. It wasn't that. It was just indifference. It's like, oh, whatever, okay. It was also, why are they here? Yeah, why are they here? But it, it, and <laughs> the Charger thing is so fascinating to me. I have a, a, my Granite Hills Eagle friend. What up, mm -hmm. Ryan O'Coin? His dad, what up, Duger? Is a, was a huge Charger fan, right? And he's the nicest man, the kindest man. I love this guy. But you bring up the Chargers in his presence. And he gets worked up because of what they did to the city of San Diego and what they did to the San. So they're in this bizarro world, but you, but for the first time, not the players' fault. It's not the players' fault, right. and it's not the people that like the Chargers' fault. The people that were in SoFi last night wearing Charger gear, cheering on the Chargers, good for them. It's they're going to have this little corner of the city that if we want to go visit it every once in a while and enjoy a good football team, that's cool. They're not going to have a neighborhood like the Raiders. They're not going to have a neighborhood like the Rams have. They're not going to be the Lakers or the Dodgers or the Kings or one of these teams that has this incredible footprint here. It's never going to be that. You're not going to wake up one morning and say, oh, my gosh, L.A. is a Charger town now. It's never going to happen, but it doesn't have to. This is what's going to have to happen if they're going to you know, say semi-relevant. I think using our show is a perfect example. We obviously try to cater as much to Los Angeles as possible. We're going to spend 95% of our time talking to a Southern California audience, specifically what L.A. wants. Hit a lot of Dodgers, mm -hmm. hit a lot of Lakers, hit a lot of USC, UCLA, go through all that stuff. If the Chargers are not a good football team, we're going to have a very difficult time talking about them. If they're not an interesting football team, point. we're going to have a very difficult time talking about them. But if they're good, 
They're interesting. They got a star They have a freaking quarterback. They have, as you mentioned, a coach that's willing to take some they have chances. They a style that's appealing. They, I mean, let me go back a game. They play the Kansas City Chiefs on the road. There was a fourth down play that you could have just easily punted the ball, gave the ball back to Patrick Mahomes, and said, we'll take a chance with our defense. I remember the uh, coach of the Chargers saying, I'd rather have I'd rather give the ball to Herbert than yep. give the ball to Patrick Mahomes. They're playing a style of football, which they're going to lose some games that they keep of going on, on fourth down. That's going to happen. But they're playing a style of football, too, that's attractive to you and I. We're talking about them. Now, if you start losing, that's going to be a different story. And, and look, L.A. is a unique place. Because there's two, at least, of everything, you're going to have the A's and the B's, right? You, you've got two football teams, two basketball teams, two Major League Baseball teams, two hockey teams, two MLS teams, two major universities. There, there's two of everything, if not more. Yeah. That doesn't mean that the other one is a zero. It just means that they're less than the other one as far as just eyeballs and attention goes. But it also doesn't mean that if you are – look, I'm going to use myself as an example. I'm a, I'm a Rams fan, okay? Since they've, I was a Rams fan before they left. They left. They hurt my feelings. I cut them loose. When they came back, I got over it real quick. Hey, welcome back, guys. Here we go. Let's do this all over again. And with the Chargers, I was kind of indifferent. But now they play cool teams. They play the Raiders twice a year. Play Patrick Mahomes twice a year. Yeah. Those are that's four games before we've done anything else. I want to see those four games because those are cool games. They're going to beat those guys every once in a while. Justin Herbert's really good. It's a really fun place to go check out every once in a while. That doesn't mean that I like them more than the Rams, but it also doesn't mean that you have to ignore them forever. They're good and exciting. By the way, this is not you know what the Chargers have always been known for is. They blow games at the end of games and in second halves. They end up blowing the lead. Joey Bosa had something yesterday. Yeah, it's not this. just like as, as football fans, ah, the Chargers are going to do what they do. Well, Joey Bosa kind of feels the same way. In years past, you come in at half with a lead. I'm like, oh, God, what are we going to do this time to screw this up? And it's, I'm sorry, but it's kind of how my how my mind works because it just happens so many times. Nobody's fault. <laughs> All of our faults. Okay. I love you know that how, honesty. You know, I will say this every once. You know, if you shot him in the neck with a with a dart full of truth serum, what would he say? Did somebody shoot Joey Bosa yes, in the neck did. with a dart of truth serum yesterday? He's calling out Derek Carr for taking a dive. He's talking about how they second guessed themselves in the second half of games. More Joey Bosa, please. They, uh, you know, that mentality of no, no, we're just we expected in the past to lose these games. You get a couple more of these wins under your belt, and I'm not saying look. If you look at the AFC West right now. The Chargers, the Broncos, and the Raiders all have the same record. They're all three and one. KC's two and two. They're the bottom of the AFC West. KC's still going to win the AFC West, but I, I think I'd feel more confident about the Chargers grabbing the second slot than any of these other teams, including the Raiders. They have an opportunity for the first time since they've been here. I think to get so you're not going to switch anybody. You're not going to flip anybody. If you pick off some younger people, you have a good season. There's certainly an opportunity there. All right, so Dodgers. Yeah, four of the top ten jersey sales are coming from Dodger players. And if I throw out these names to you, you can tell me whether this one makes sense to you or it doesn't. Yeah. Basically this, if I, if I ask Travis Rogers, say, Trav, I got you. I got you covered. Go into that Dodger store right there, whatever you want. Pick any jersey that you want. But I'm only talking about current players right now. Okay. Which, uh, who, who are you picking only up? Only guys on the roster right only now? Only guys on the roster. I'm gonna, I, I, full disclosure, not a jersey guy, but if, I, if you're buying, yeah. I'll get one. Mm -hmm. Kershaw. Okay. I, as a pitcher... I like pitchers. As a Dodger fan, I like iconic guys that doesn't feel like they're just going to be here for a brief period of time or start it somewhere else. I mean, Kershaw, that's it. That's an easy pick for me. Okay. Easy. You? So, well, th this is the interesting question. So, there's 
four of the top ten jersey sales are Dodgers. Three of them don't make any sense at all. Mookie. Mookie makes perfect sense. Makes all the sense in the he world. Ma- he, and he's number one. He, number one in the whole league in jersey sales in why, why doesn't Kershaw make sense to you? Because everybody that wants a Kershaw jersey probably has one. Over the last ten years. He's been here they for a long one. time. He hasn't changed teams. Like if Clayton Kershaw showed up on the Texas Rangers next mm-hmm. year and he was on the list, sure, that makes he is there somebody out there that really wants a Kershaw jersey that hasn't gotten one yet? I don't understand why he's so high. Why is Bellinger on the top I ten list? I can't even begin to guess. Other than there are what is the the general population of greater Southern California? Twenty million, twenty five million. Okay. Maybe there's just so many people here that you're gonna hit a certain number, but other than that, I have no idea why he's on that okay, list. Okay, the the last one of the top ten here. And this is a player that I I genuinely appreciate, enjoy watching, and I always think will never get the amount of credit that he probably deserves, Corey Seager. Corey Seager is on that top ten list. But Corey Seager, you know, we're talking about um, players with the most swag, and, you know, we're talking about Mookie, and you mentioned a little bit of Trey Turner. Okay, Seager is never looking for attention. He's the anti-swag. He's anti-swag. But there's some swag into that. you, You have swag when you're not trying to show that you have swag. I'm surprised Seager made this list because Seager's not one of those names that I think baseball people understand his value, but I think more of the mainstream, that that typically makes up some of the jersey sales. I have no idea why he's there. I, not why he's there. That's the wrong word. I understand why he's there because he's a MVP-level player on one of the most iconic teams in a gigantic city with 20 million people. Mm-hmm. I, I get the math of it all, but look, you've heard me say this a million times. Greg's heard me say this. Corey Seager has been my favorite player on this team for a few years. Mm-hmm. I, I absolutely think he is so fantastic and so steady and so good. The only rub on him is that he seems to get hurt a lot, but he's because he's so under the radar. Again, maybe it's the World Series MVP thing that everybody that's a Dodger fan that already has a, a Kershaw and a Justin Turner and all these other things that, hey, I got to get my new one. I already got Mookie. Yeah, let's get Corey Seager. But he's also one of those guys that could be on another team next year. And that 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 is another one that that came up me a little so bit. much over the last three months that it makes me think. Okay, you're watching Seager for the final few, uh, whether it's one more day, one more game, or over the next month or Whenever so. Whenever you hear people in the organization start yeah. saying things like he should do whatever's best for him and his family, you know, we hope that it's here, but you know, we understand if it's not, we understand that there are opportunities. That's when you say, oh, okay, yeah. I, I kind of feel which way the wind's blowing on this one. Okay, so first off, I want to apologize. When I originally said that I had my um, a noon presser to just kind of talk about the type of NFL pick'em week that I had, because I know there's a lot of people that are just kind of sitting back there yeah, and saying, we- Al just took his game to another level. I had to move it to 12.15 just simply because I was incredibly busy over the last 10 minutes and had to move it to 12.15. I'm excited for you. Anything, Trav, you want to kind of add to this? Oh, no, I got a lot of things I need to ask you about it, Mm -hmm. and I think that's what we should do next. We'll kind of break down Sliwa's strategy on picking football games and finally getting on the board after a month. uh, Don't do it like that. What? What did I say that was wrong? That'd be the equivalent of saying, uh, you know, no, we definitely want you to be in the Hall of Fame if we had no other players that should be in the Hall of Fame. I'm a bear for accuracy. Everything I said is accurate. We'll do the Sliwa Victory Lap press conference when we come back. It's Travis Slee, 710 ESPN. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I get, Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's accurate. So every week on Thursdays, we Watch, just don't play that. I, I, I just want to be classier. You yeah, know what I mean? Uh-huh. I The way I take W's. I just move on to the next week. I really don't need that music. Here's since you brought it up. This is what happened during the break. Um, we're getting ready. It's about we have 30 any king seconds. music or anything. <laughs> Thirty seconds before it's about to start, Sleet ducks out of the studio. Hey, Funch, do you have any? And then, sure enough, there's nope, Freddie Mercury not doing what I his said. thing. All I said was, <laughs> Funch, um, what a great show so far. You're doing an excellent job. And I know then how I came you back in here. So every Thursday we do the football picks, and through the first three weeks of the season, I had won twice. Whether you want to do the cumulative total or the weekly total, mm-hmm. I have two wins on the board through three weeks. The listeners have one win on the board. Alan Sliwa had gone 0 for 3 until this week, and it culminated last night, Monday Night Football. Are we doing points or are we doing total wins? We got you both wanted to because do I'm, st- I'm, still, I'm still on top of the total wins. I'm behind in points, well, but yeah. here's what's going on. You had a perfect week. Doesn't happen very often. I've been yeah. doing this for a few years, okay? Mm-hmm. Perfect weeks are pretty rare. You went 4 for 4, collected all 10 points, which took you from last into first. You now have 18 points total. Okay? You are leading the running total through three weeks, four don't, weeks. Don't tell me as if I need to know. You're yeah, telling them because telling this you. is setting up the I don't, presser. I still, I'm still not entirely sure you know the rules of this game. <laughs> but that's just me. We're three minutes over the presser. <laughs> no, hold on. No, I'm waiting for you. You're a little late to the presser. You don't show up on time. You're the guest of honor. You get to show up when you want to show up. Uh, we need a guest picker this week, so send me oh, a tweet right. at Travis Rogers. You can do that. All right, Mr. Sliwa, thank you for joining us today. How many points do you have? Uh, uh, Twelve. How many points do the listeners have? Eleven. All right, you got to get to work. That's all I'm going to say. Don't, no, I don't. I'm, le- I'm, I'm leading the, the thing that you so aggressively argued for. No, get out of here, Jorge. Jorge. He had sixth. Carney Asada, number six on his I, rankings. I, I've never been more disappointed in a friend in my life. Never. But I will say he is German. <laughs> Yeah. He's from Germany. Yeah, I, I was very, very disappointed in him. All right, Al, let's start our press conference. You had been in the cellar through three weeks. Mm-hmm. You resurrected it in week yeah. four with a perfect week. How did you do it? Listen, I, I just uh, I just want to first say I love playing against the competition. We just come out here every single week, and um, we prepared so much on Friday and Saturday, and I, I really thought our guys were ready to go. And, you know, obviously uh, the numbers speak for themselves. Is this a coronation I don't know or what a press conference? I, don't know I feel like your your royal like, highness. Yeah, I feel like I'm the king of Sir Sliwa, the king Sir, of Jordan. Sir Sir Sliwa, uh, the Los Angeles Rams were a popular pick, getting four and a half points at yeah. home, an undefeated season. How did you know not just to have Arizona, but to place them where you did? Well, really, the game plan was very simple. I decided this past week I was going to pick against whatever Travis picked. Trav <laughs> picked the Rams, so I picked Arizona. That had a lot to do with my success. <laughs> I had a bad week. <laughs> it was not a good week. I did. Thankfully, I avoided the donut. I did not get shut out. Who'd you win? I went the Chargers. I got the oh, Chargers right. Oh, you picked right. Chargers? I did. I got the Chargers right. Oh, that was your one. It was my one. I got one point. So I gave up nine points of uh, to, to your lead there. All right, one more before we go. Uh, how, do, how do you avoid being a one-hit wonder and come back in week five and make sure that you go back-to-back like your co-host Travis Rogers has done? 
Uh, well, Travis is just a great competitor. He really is. Very classy dude. Um, not true at all. He, uh, he, he's one of those where you appreciate going up against on a week-to-week basis. But there's different classes in this league. <laughs> there are those that get it done, and there's those. I was almost doing a Lowe's commercial. <laughs> I was just going to say. Are you, like, reading ads for Home Depot that I don't know about that you're trying to slide uh, in there? That was arguably the worst presser in the history of presses. Yeah, let, let, let's, uh, let's uh, make sure 18 that to 12. That's all I care about. 18, no, 12, 11. Congratulations. It was a good week. You had let, a great let's week. put all the BS to the side yeah, here. A good week. Why am I these NFL games now by doing this? is why I don't gamble. Because yesterday, I'm going to use as an example, Funches and I got, you know, fantasy football going on. Him and I going head to head. And. Uh, Eckler got him a couple uh, touchdowns, and that was the difference. I'm watching this like a degenerate gamble. We have no nothing at stake for our games that we're doing. Why do I care that Tom Brady is going into Foxborough, and all of a sudden I become the biggest Belichick fan? It's not good for your health. <laughs> no, like, like it's not my cup of tea either, but it is kind of fun to watch. I think even if there's not money, just being able to tease you and the listeners, it's, there's some value in all of this. Stressed out. Here's a tweet from Blister Nick. What and are you, writes, losing your job? No, it's just I got the Patriots <laughs> and the points. Trav, thoughts on putting Trey Turner in center, Lux at second, Belly at first base. It gets Lux hot bat in the lineup. You can move Belly to center field, Trey to second base later in the game for defensive purposes. So this is the big question heading into tomorrow's wildcard game, right? That who plays where? got two open spots yeah. you've got center field and first base max muncie's injury means that you have to replace him you have to find somebody that can play first base cody bellinger ice cold chris taylor ice cold those are your two best center fielders on your roster albert Pujols is a vet weapon off the bench and then there's the wild card and gavin lux matt Beatty is hot what do you do at first base and center field so it's interesting because we got a lot of suggestions on this and if you want to be a part of the show 877-710-ESPN if you want to give your thoughts on what the what the dodgers should do tomorrow by the way, this is this is what makes this conversation so uncomfortable as well. Part of the conversation that's uncomfortable, Trev, it's a one-game playoff tomorrow. Yeah. You're asking that question. You can't experiment. You're asking that question today. Like, this is not like you're sitting well, here in August. Well, it happened on Sunday. I know. And, and it's not like you're sitting here in August, which makes me actually kind of think. I would mentioned this earlier. I'd have more confidence in Chris Taylor with a bat trying to get on and the fact that 2-1 to one, when it comes to walks, just getting on base versus Bellinger. Mm-hmm. Bellinger, yes, is no question about it, the better center fielder. He's A-plus at center field, but he's also not Gavin Lux. Chris Taylor's not. As no. in, he can still play that position, and you're not fearing every ball hit to center field that he's not going to make some type of play. I just think Chris Taylor would be more of a threat A.J. Pollock, Chris Taylor, and Mookie Betts sounds more of a threat to me than a guy that you've just watched all season long that's been absolutely awful at the plate, but he's also fantastic at center. I think you're convincing me at first base. I think it's too big of a defensive risk in center field to throw Gavin Lux out there. It just just is not Lux isn't going. I I, I get it, but I think that that's probably in the option tree for Dave Roberts. I think be your shocked. best bet. I I wouldn't be shocked. I'd be surprised. I I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think you got to put Beatty in there. A, it's a left-handed bat, um, which means that you can put Pujols on the bench. Which Albert Pujols' most valuable position on this field is to pinch hit against a left-handed hitter in a spot where you got to have a hit, or at the very worst, you got to have a tough at bat. Albert Pujols is going to give you a tough at bat against a left-hander. You can set that up if you're Dave Roberts. Gavin Lux is hot, okay? He is. You can use him strategically as well. I get that maybe putting your hottest bat arguably on the bench is not a great idea. I understand that. 
there's nowhere to put him on the field where the catastrophe is not looming every time the ball is put in play. This idea, well, he played shortstop. He played second base. He can play first base. It's totally different. It's totally different. There, there's a difference between playing left tackle and playing center in football. You are both offensive linemen. Why can't you do both? Because they're not the same position. One's an entirely different skill set than the others. You know what you can't do? You can't just freaking the, – the more that I sit here and think about it, what if you lost that game tomorrow because a couple defensive mistakes, Trav? You can't lose a game on defense. You just can't. And I think that's okay. why you know we, we I, I make hear the case. You. I hear you. The luck's let's, part of it. Let's say you don't, and I I think I agree with you. I'm just I'm I'm playing yeah. this thinking out loud. What if you lose the game one to nothing, sure. and and Chris Taylor goes zero for five, and Albert Pujols, who you have at first base, goes zero yeah, for four? I and, got the answer. And Gavin Lux and Matt Beatty, or Beatty, I should say, don't get an at bat. I got the answer. That means Seager, Trey Turner, Mookie Betts, Justin Turner, all these other guys, AJ Pollock. Did not come through. Those are the real five that you're depending on. Don't forget Will Smith. He's in um, the mix, too. Will Smith, of course. Yeah. Those are the six you could say that you're depending on. So if you lose a game one nothing, I don't think you're going to point at, well, you didn't give Gavin Lux a chance. You're going to say, where was Mookie? Where was Seager? Where, where were some of these other guys? I think it'll be both. They had 46 runs in five games, and the three games before that, they had nine. Your offense goes hot and cold, and it's been that way all season long. You just don't know which of these guys is going to have one of those days at any given time. We got a bunch of calls on this. Who you think should be where? We're going to get to those as well. We got a lot to get to, Al. We got a lot to get to. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN, and Trey Turner should be the MVP. I'll explain. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. What do you mean? It used to haunt me. Still, still does. Still does. I don't. I don't like that anymore today. We than did a few months ago. That's a. That is a bad deal. Is that the best Denzel movie for your money? Is that the one that if you could only watch one more Denzel movie, would that be the one? Um, I really liked American Gangster. That was good too. Um, remember the Titans. Also good. Fantastic one. Let me think here. By the way, I he got game. He got game. Yeah, that one's further down the list. I don't, I don't dislike it, but go back to Remember the Titans really mm-hmm. quickly. I When you go back and rewatch that, am I the only one that sees uh, Avon Barksdale oh, as no. the football player and I can't get past it? I got my favorite I, one. I just can't do it at that point. I got my favorite one. Mm. Yeah, my fault. Malcolm X is my favorite. Denzel okay. Washington movie. Also, Ryan Gosling yeah, is Remember the Titans. One. That's something yeah. that people forget about all the v- time, too. Very short, small role, but... Definitely, and I still like Sunshine, too. Sunshine always makes me laugh in that. uh, Yeah, he's great in Malcolm X. Yeah. Unbelievable. I think I'm going training day. I think I'm doing that. All right. Um, Trey Turner. For whatever reason, Al, I have no idea why, 
But he's not getting the MVP run no. that he deserves. No. The, the two MVP candidates that seem to be at the top of the list, Fernando Tatis Jr., it's like people decided that he was going to be the MVP around the 4th of July and just never changed their mind mm. because his team cratered, cratered. They, 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 we were talking about they finished nearly 30 games out of first place. They, they just came unglued. He and his teammate are yelling at each other in the, in the, in the dugout. It just the whole thing was a mess. Now, his season, good. 282 average. He led the league in home runs with 42. He drove in 97. He stole 25 bases. He had 135 hits. He had a 6.6 war. Okay, He had a, an OPS of 975. These are fantastic numbers. Mm -hmm. The other guy that gets a lot of run, Bryce Harper, 309 average. Led the league in doubles with 42. He had 35 home runs. Nice big home run total. Drove in 84. Even stole a few bases. Had 13 along the way. Had 151 hits. That's what's that? 26 more hits, or excuse me, 20, uh, 19 more hits than Fernando Tatis. He led the league in OPS at 1.004. Anything over a thousand is just ridiculous. And he had an ERA, or excuse me, a WAR of 5.9. Also very good. Not quite as good as Tatis's. Trey Turner. Tell, tell me why this isn't better than both of these years. Bryce Harper is fishing right now or, or on a boat or doing whatever it is he's doing. He ain't playing baseball anymore. He's with Fernando Tatis in the bowling alley doing whatever it is you do when your season ends because they're finished. Trey Turner led the league in batting average at 328. He had 28 home runs, so he's not a punch and Judy guy. He can hit 28 jacks, 77 runs batted in, led the league in stolen bases with 32, led the league in hits with 195, had an OPS of 911, which is excellent. It's not quite Harper's, but it's excellent. He had a 6.5 war, which is virtually identical to Tatis's. Why are we at least not considering him for that award when his numbers are just as good as everybody else's? So consideration, it's not a question. Uh, he should be in consideration. I actually remember, I forget who it was. This argument came up maybe a month ago or so. And if I hear the, oh, well, he was with the Nationals and then he came to the Dodgers, so what? what does that have to do with anything? Yeah. Like, honestly, what does it have to do with anything? Does it all of a sudden, because you got on a team where it's more magnified? Now, does he have a lot more help? Is the is the squad stacked? Absolutely, they are. Um, can you make an argument that, well, if you put Tatis on that team, okay, maybe you can have that type of conversation. But the reality is most valuable – this is the issue I have in the NBA as well. There's a lot of times that this comes up, and LeBron hasn't won a Most Valuable Player Award since 2012, I think Stupid. it was. That's nine seasons where you have made a decision that he's not the most valuable player in the NBA. Mm -hmm. Only thing I'll say, and I think this always should hold more weight than it does, did your squad win or no? Are you playing meaningful games in September or are you not? Yeah. And, and Trey Turner, just look at what he did over these – in the month of September or even these last couple of weeks when every single game mattered, he's been the best player in baseball, he should at least be – the fact that he's not in the conversation, that, that makes me think, okay, well, what do we – why are we even giving out the MVP award if, if he's not in the chat? From the moment he got to L.A., he was the best player on a team that won 106 games. What are we doing here? You know what I mean? That and, and it's not like he was along for the ride. He's batting in the middle of the order. He's driving in runs. He's hitting home runs. He's stealing bases. He's playing defense. He's sparking rallies. I, I, I just don't understand why he's not on that list. Travis Lee is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. Who's going to win it? Tomorrow? Who's going to win uh, the MVP? Tatis. 
Hill. Yeah. I, I, I and look, it's not a travesty. It's not like it's a, it's a sham. But I know. Turner's, I think, a better choice. I, I think the I think the conversation is an interesting one. The fact that Trey Turner isn't getting that much love, like you said, if Tatis wins it, nobody's going to sit here with a pitch and fork and say, yeah. you know, what the hell is going a on pitch here? Pitch and a fork, or yeah, a pitchfork. Yeah, I was going to actually combine the two together. It's like, like Newark. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Newark. <laughs> the many saints of Newark, Still which we need to get it. to. Oh, yeah. we need to get I'll to give you my review, and I don't think you're going to like it. Let's try one really quickly here. Let's go to Gardena. Got to do this. Manuel in Gardena. What's up, Manuel? Manuel. Well, what's up, fellas? Hey, excellent show as usual. Real quick on the Dodgers thing. I'm with you, Trav, um, or whoever said defense is the priority. You got to go uh, defense, so Belly has to be in there. Uh, but real quick, man. On this Charger Raider thing, man, I hope the Raiders file that away, that disrespect that Joey Bosa threw on D.C., man, because it was uncalled for. And I'll tell you what, man, we've seen the Chargers win a lot of championships in September and October. And kind of like their other uh, counterpart, the Padres, let's see them get to the end. That's all I got, fellas. Love the show. Man, well, appreciate it, buddy. By the way, you said something right there? I agree. Those those comments from Bosa, you know, if, if you're just tuning in right now. Which one you want? <laughs> play the one where he's talking about Derek Carr. Uh, we knew once we hit him a few times, he really gets shook. And, and you saw on, on CeCe's sack, he was pretty much curling into a ball before we even got back there. So, um, great dude, wow. great player. He's been having a great year. But we know More. once you get pressure on him, he kind of shuts down and he's not as effective. Hmm. So... When Manuel says, I hope those comments are heard by that entire Raiders organization, and they get a chance to play him again, but it's not until week 18. That game will obviously be in Las Vegas. How This is not a, I hope they remember it. That's a shot at, what, what do we say, the most important position in football is what? You just said this is why all of a sudden miles. the Chargers are interesting because yes. of Justin Herbert. He took a direct shot at the quarterback. And he called of the, out his toughness and his his courage and his willingness to stand in there and so take a shot. So if that's not remembered, what the hell is going <laughs> to yeah, be remembered? No. Well, I, I like what Manuel said too. That you know you don't win the Super Bowl in October the same way you don't win the World Series in May. You know let let's see where you are in a couple of months. They're good. I, I am not throwing shade at the Chargers. They they are a good team with a good quarterback. This might a be a little coach. bit different that's than some of those other years, I, but they're, I, they'll be judged more on no second half of the season. Los Angeles and David. David, you're on with Travis and Slee. What's up, David? Hey, guys. Um, I really think Bellinger should be at first and, and um, Chris Taylor in center field. Those guys have playoff experience, and they'll, they'll come through in big moments. And I think if Bellinger doesn't get at least a hit or a walk in his first, first at-bat, you make him lay down the bunt. He's play, they're playing the shift on him. All you got to do is lay down the bunt. He's fast enough. And don't overlook Taylor's defense because we all know what he did a couple years ago when Seager was hurt, had to play shortstop through the DS and the CS and got us to that World Series before Seager came back. Okay. By the way, David, your plan, I think, is probably one of the plans that's near the top of the list. Chris Taylor in center field, where you go from an A-plus center fielder in Bellinger to a B in Taylor. Okay, can live with it. He's not going to lose you a game. Nope. Gavin Lux couldn't lose you a game e- on defense. Exactly right. So slide Bellinger over to first base, where he hasn't played much this year, but in his career, Cody Bellinger's played a lot of first base. It's familiar territory to him, and he'll be fine. Okay. Here's what you – and you're right about experience. You're right about both of these guys have had big moments in the postseason. You are absolutely right. But here's what you're also suggesting with that lineup. 
you're basically playing six on eight on offense. Cody T- or Cody Taylor, Cody Bellinger and Chris Taylor both barely batted a hundred in the month of of September. Okay, one was at one fifteen, the other one was I think at one hundred six. All right, you cannot have your seventh hitter hit a hundred, your eighth hitter hit a hundred, and then roll the pitcher into the ninth spot. You're just you're giving away an incredible amount of offense in that situation. And as far as the the bunt into the shift, maybe. Maybe, but guys, if that were a viable strategy for people to do, don't we think that that would have started happening by now? They've been shifting for five years, ten years, whatever it is now. Nobody bunts into the shift. It's it's not going to all of a sudden happen on Wednesday. Can I can I set something up for tomorrow real quick? Um, I know that this is a awful scenario to be in. I know the Dodgers shouldn't be in that position. I know 106 wins uh, by no means necessary should put you in a one-game playoff. But can I just say, Trav, it's still set up for the Dodgers. Sure it is. You're at Dodger Stadium. Max Scherzer is going to be on the mound. Your team has been absolutely balling over the last, I don't know how long. You want to go, actually, since the All-Star break, they've had the best record in Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. They've been fantastic. Over the last, what was it, 60 games, they were 40 and 15, something along those lines. They've been unbelievable. That's only 55 games, but sure. 45 and 15. <laughs> I hope I hope that's I hope that's the, uh, the 60. Works out, yes. But they've been so great over these last 60 games. It's set up for you. Go handle business in front of the Dodger crowd tomorrow. Walk away and you go get to have that matchup against the San Francisco Giants. Two things. One, I agree with you. I, I think that you're right that it is set up. The Dodgers have the advantage. They have the better team. It's in their ballpark. They've got the better pitcher. They've got more experience. You're you're right about that. But. It's not tilted enough to indicate that yeah. one team won 106 and the other one won 90. The, sure. the, the tilt is tilted towards L.A., but it should be tilted more, and it's not. That's the part that scares me. Here's something else. We haven't mentioned this. You and I, we're on tomorrow until 1.30. we got a bonus oh, half yeah, yeah, hour yeah. tomorrow, yeah. too. Yeah. So what are we going to do? Are we going to do Ask Slee for 30 minutes when we when we call it? A, we'll do Ask Slee at 10.45, and then we'll do Ask Slee from 1 to 1.30. No commercial so breaks. Here's <laughs> – Here's what's happening. The the reason why it's happening, Lakers game got moved down. Mm-hmm. Phoenix Mer- Mercury has a WNBA game that evening. It's a playoff game. Okay. So Lakers will tip off at three. We'll do pregame show at one thirty. By the way, when we're done with the Lakers game, we're done with post game. We'll go right into the Dodgers and the uh, and the oh, St. Nice. Louis game too. So it's kind of a packed. Pack day tomorrow. A lot here. of Alan Sliwa on the radio tomorrow. Unfortunately for everybody, a lot. <laughs> I'm very excited about that. The Dump coming up next. Travis Slee, 710 ESPN. Don't forget, we're on to 1.30 tomorrow. A little bonus half hour for Travis and Slee. So not only have three hours, three and a half tomorrow getting ready for your Laker coverage. That's Do a little pregame news. action. Lakers and the Suns. It, it, listen, I said this yesterday. I'm going to say it again. Lakers start 0-2 in preseason. We got some issues here. <laughs> yeah, it's time to time to really reconsider. Bunches are sweating over everything there. Along the way. We've got the dump coming up in just a little bit, but very quickly, let's do Chris in Los Angeles. Chris, you're on with Travis and Slee. What's up? Hey guys. Um, Hi, Chris. I think you have to go with defense. Um, I, you know, and the way I look at it is, even on offense, if you're successful, you only, you know, you one for three, two for four. There's a couple of times where you you didn't come through you got to come through 100% of the time out on defense. And you can always pick up, you know, you have eight other players to pick you up as far as offense, but on defense, it's all, it's all on you. So I go with best defense out there, and the other guys will come through if I don't. Plus, Bellinger at the plate, he's always a threat. It'll make them pitch him a different way maybe than if, than if there's someone else. 
so I, I, I have Bellinger and uh, Taylor in there. I have Bellinger in there too, Chris, and, and for the reasons that I explained, I want the defense in center field, and I do agree with you that there is some sense of – because he swings so damn hard, maybe he runs into one and he hits a home run and does – but if, if I'm just going pure analytics, Al, and I'm just going – I don't think they fear him. I don't think they fear him at all to play. I don't either, and I certainly don't think they fear him any more than Chris Taylor. They, they've been There have been scenarios throughout the season and even in September where you're like, okay, this would be smart. you got the pitcher coming up next, kind of pitch around belly. Nope, they go right after him, get that second strike out, or get that second out, and then get the pitcher out. Like, there have been scenarios where other teams have shown, no, we have zero fear in Bellinger. I, I also agree with the idea that defense may be prioritized in some of these things. But, look, this is what's so weird. We've talked so often about – You don't have eight guys. That, no, you've got six. You've got six. You've yeah. got six. Unless you – look, if you put Beatty in there, you've you got, got seven. seven. Yeah. If you put Lux in there, you've got seven. These are guys that are swinging a hot bat, but Taylor and Bellinger right now are really cold and have been. It's not just a bad couple of weeks. It's a bad couple – well, it's a bad season for Bellinger, and it's a bad couple of months for Taylor. Will Dave Roberts have the lineup out – Tomorrow morning. Okay, so at some point in the show we'll – Probably. Oh, yeah. almost for sure by some point in the show. And it, we talk so much. It comes down to one game. You win 107, comes down to one. Dave Roberts has been pulling levers and pushing buttons and making decisions. all. And now, come because Max Muncy got caught in a weird yeah. spot in his yeah. elbow, now he's got a decision that could really affect the entire outcome of this game. All right, let's go to the dump. Okay, let's start with uh, a guy that we've talked a little bit about on the show along the way that has nothing to do with L.A. other than he gave him a bunch of wins at the end of the year. Jace Tingler, the manager of the Padres, says that he believes he should come back for another year, that it would be a, quote, absolute yes. Now, I don't expect him to say, you know, I think they should fire me. Sure. I think that they should send me on my way to another team. But has there ever been a more surefire bet than someone getting canned than Jace Tingler? He said, I think we're getting I think we're closer to getting up top of the division than we are to going the other way. I think we've got a lot of talent. I think we've got a lot of winning players. That would be an absolute yes as far as him trying to come back. <laughs> Trav, we saw a team that had a nine game lead on the St. Louis Cardinals mm -hmm. and I think ended the year eight back, nine back, something along those lines, just in the wild card. 25-plus back in the division. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure Jace Tingler, if uh, – let's put it this way. It might be a good time to look at that lease that you have in San Diego and kind of look to see, are there any outs? Got any outs on that lease? Look, I, I get it. I get positive thinking. I get, you know, what you want to see in the universe. you got to put it out there. But this is just definitively – He does not deserve to come back. That's this, the bottom line. This is definitively false. Mm -hmm. I think we're closer to getting up to the top of the division than we are going the other way. That's, Actually, that's statistically, wrong. that is wrong. It's wrong. Last year, you were in the postseason, mm -hmm. and while the Dodgers swept you, there was a sense of there was some competitive sizzle in the air that we talked about coming into spring training. These are going to be 19 World Series games. You finished under 500 this year. You had your two best players screaming at each other in the dugout. You were in a tailspin with your airplane on fire, and you could do nothing to put it out. It's definitively false. What's 55 minus 28? 27? Sure. Yeah. Statistically, they're closer to the bottom than they are up top. They're <laughs> yeah. 28 games back. Yeah, that uh, that's just not how that thing goes along the way. All right. Um, Tiger Woods apparently had misplaced his PGA Rookie of the Year trophy and okay. has since recovered it. And then I, I remember I was talking to Emily about this this morning. I'm like, well, where, where did he lose it? Like, I thought maybe he left it somewhere and mm -hmm. somebody turned it. It just was in his house somewhere, which makes a lot of sense. Listen, if you and I – we probably don't have nine, 95 different awards at our place, and we also don't have a 36,000-square-foot home. 
I get it if Tiger Woods loses a couple things in there. You and I can't lose. I, can, I can't lose my Disney badge somewhere at home. <laughs> I should be able to find it. <laughs> Ten minutes, I gone through everything. Yeah, he's got a few trophies lying around, and that he lost. That that's probably one. And you know, I love Tiger Woods, but that's probably one that when he got it, eh, throw it in the back room. <laughs> I forgot about it the second he had it. Give me the two minute version of many states of Newark. Like as, as you like okay. to say, yeah, uh, it was okay. I thought it was underwhelming. I did not think. Here's the problem: I'm already walking into a Sopranos prequel. This is not fair. It's not fair to whatever they're trying to create. But I was underwhelmed by it. I, I feel like they need to now make another. Like put it this way: they need to connect some more dots here. So they need another one of these. Maybe it takes us a little bit closer to when, um, you know, the Sopranos. It doesn't have to be. Obviously, you can't do it to where Sopranos is about to start. But I thought it was underwhelming. And for those who are out there, I think they got – Emily, you mentioned it's got a lot of good reviews, to be honest with you. You guys make your own assumption. But if you're asking me, I walked away. I didn't sit there and say to myself, oh, this was fantastic. So when you said to me yesterday that you saw it and I said, what would you think? And you made a face at me. I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, that didn't fill me with confidence. So I reached out to Morales yesterday afternoon because Chris is a huge Sopranos fan. He and I have talked about it for years. I'm a huge Sopranos fan. And I said to him, have you seen it yet? And his response was, I have not, but everyone I've talked to said, eh, not great. Yeah, it was so, okay. Th- this is, I, I get critics have their own way of looking at these things, but the people that love The Sopranos that I'm talking to are kind of in the same spot that you are that, I don't know, man. But here, I'm, I'm going to go back to this. They're already walking. They're down three runs before you even start. You know, that's the problem. The problem is you're c- trying to compare it to, a Sopranos X amount of seasons, all these storylines, and they're trying to crunch something into two the hours. The characters that we knew from the Sopranos that were that were portrayed in the movie, did you like those? Or I know there's a lot of new characters too, but was there enough crossover that you're like, oh, it was cool. okay. Not hey, you're not, yeah, it was okay. you're not selling this. It's that bad. No, you're it's not that it's bad. Okay, but you haven't said one good thing about it yet. You need to see it and determine it for yourself. But I think most fans of Sopranos will have a similar feeling. Can't believe that. 162 games in the books, and it comes down to tomorrow whether or not Max Scherzer pitches well. <laughs> One game. Cool. Cool sport. Cool or how format. Same, or, or, Let's play for six months and then just flip a coin at the end. Or how about awesome. these bats, right? Same thing with these bats. They, they've had a lot of kind of feast or famine type. They were great over the last week. Does Mookie, Seager, trade all these guys come through? I think they do, hey, Trev. Yates, are you in for uh, Mason again today? All right, so – Mason, Yates, and Ireland coming up here in just a little bit. The podcast is where you can always find it out. ESPN right? app or on iTunes, just search Travis and Sleeva Show, get the full three hours. And we've got a one-game winner-take-all scenario in the wild card tomorrow. I'm not going to sleep a wink tonight. We'll see you at 9.55 tomorrow morning.